Welcome to Considering Refugees and Resettlement. I'm Avery, and today I'm going to speak about the International Rescue Committee in connection to resettlement for refugees and asylum seekers. After attending a lecture by Tori Richardson, a caseworker in Phoenix, Arizona with IRC, I had a few questions about the determination process, specifically how people who have a need for refuge who are not members of the standard groups one may think of receive assistance through channels set up for other refuge needs, such as people of LGBTQ identity. During the class lecture, there were several mentions of this type of refugee. Many people from the major refugee and asylee states are forced to flee due to their identity, and my focus today will be on LGBTQ individuals. As a queer person myself, this asylee group is important to me, but it often falls through the cracks when considering refugees and resettlement. This is likely due to several factors, but the one I will be focusing on is that queer persecuted individuals are not explicitly cared for under the original definitions laid out in the 1951 Refugee Convention or the others that followed. Now, in a world where queer rights are slowly advancing, it is important to consider how the IRC helps people of this group. Many South American and Middle Eastern countries, places that currently have the highest numbers of refugees and asylees, have religious or social reasoning behind legal or generalized discrimination. In fact, between 74 and 77 countries still have some form of lawful persecution on the books that essentially makes being gay illegal. States within totalitarian governments often target people who are suspected of being LGBTQ, giving them a claim to asylum on the UNHCR basis. There are also non-governmental groups that target and threaten these queer-identifying people, often with loss of life. The IRC offers support for people who have fled war, conflict, or natural disaster, but they also support communities and people who have been able to remain in their homes. But LGBTQ individuals do not technically fall into these categories. According to the UNHCR website, many people granted asylum due to their identity or orientation are classified under members of a particular social group. I struggled to find direct information about this topic on the IRC website, but I did find a handful of testimonies from individuals who were helped through the IRC due to LGBTQ discrimination in their home countries. The resettlement process almost always involves residents in a transit country, which can often mean continued discrimination and violence because the countries surrounding those they escape from subscribe to similar belief systems. Before the IRC has any involvement, queer asylum seekers have to gain approval through UNHCR and also through whatever state security department is present in their desired resettlement country. According to Tony, the IRC takes control of a case once a refugee is cleared for travel, and so I had to reorient my initial question because without approval from the UNHCR, the IRC never sees a refugee, queer or otherwise. This led me to the UNHCR website, where I learned that there has been a growing number of LGBT applicants in recent years. 
A report in 2012 on LGBT claims states that international human law hinges on the idea that all humans are, quote, born free and equal in dignity and rights, end quote. But as we've discussed in class, international law falls under an organization that doesn't actually have power unto itself. This means that every queer individual who is not receiving free and equal rights in their home countries have to leave their home countries and seek help on their own. That document also reiterates one of my initial points, that discrimination against people because of their orientation is not explicitly prohibited in international law, including in the definitions surrounding the process of refuge. Qualifications include being from a home country where a queer individual cannot live, quote, as they are, and must hide their identity, are at risk of serious human rights violations, including a threat to life and freedom, and the interesting statement that applicants need not have directly experienced persecution to qualify. In my own estimation, I imagine this allowance is because people who hide their identities do so to prevent persecution, and may succeed in doing so, all while still fearing for their rights and liberties. All of this means that UNHCR is open to accepting people who are applying for asylum on the basis of their sexual orientation. Once an applicant is granted the right to travel as a refugee and are cleared through state security departments, they then are handed over to the IRC. The IRC helps these people find the necessities, but they also help with something sorely lacking, social support, a key element in the life of almost all queer individuals, especially when they undergo lifelong isolation from other members of the community. Resettlement in countries like the UK and the United States means significantly reduced physical and psychological threats, but it also means access to people in their new states, including others who have been relocated for the same reasons, maybe even from the same home countries. Tony spoke very fondly of her clients and friends, and the IRC certainly doesn't help bring people to their new homes to set them up in a bubble with no outside contact as evidenced by the push to find employment, attend school, and go through cultural education to better fit in and feel comfortable. This folds into the concept we've discussed called a sustainable livelihood, or the combination of making money and how social life folds into making money, Many refugees lose their livelihood assets or social capital, which refers to health and education, material resources, skills and experiences, etc. I can only speak to my own experiences, and while I am not an immigrant, I do have first-hand experience with the social capital of queer people in the United States. Hate crimes have decreased over the past decades, and legislation for the protection and betterment of LGBTQ individuals is becoming more common, but there is still the need to self-isolate in some ways. I have never wondered if I would be killed for my sexuality, perceived or otherwise. That being said, hate crimes in the U.S. are still very much alive. Immigrants who were isolated in their home countries who then moved to the U.S. and experienced further isolation resulting from xenophobia are in even more need of social connection and safety. Luckily, the queer community is well steeped in acceptance and inclusivity, 
and organizations like the IRC that wish to help refugees settle and make their way in their new homes exist to help make the connection between newcomers and the LGBTQ community. It is easy to look at the services of the IRC and forget that they often strive to provide access to the intangible essence of community while finding employment and housing. Literal physical needs must be and are served first, but enabling queer refugees and asylees to locate groups that embrace the very thing for which they face persecution in their home countries can provide healing and understanding for those who need it most. The physical needs that are met are of little use to people who flee not just for their basic needs but also for their eventual happiness. I am certainly not saying that the American LGBTQ community is a fix-all for trauma, isolation, and self-doubt. What I am saying is that refugees come to the US and the West in general to find more than just physical security. As previously mentioned, People can fall under the UNHCR guidelines for asylum without ever having undergone persecution or bodily harm themselves. This means that fear of harm is a motivator to leave home, but the fear of never finding a true community or a future for queer people to live in as themselves is an equally powerful motivation. I certainly never felt understood or safe until I learned and believed that I was not alone. Refugees, by definition, feel cut off from others, and the IRC seeks to make connections for them, often in places that have a certain concentration of others who share their nationality. Hopefully, with access both to people from their home countries and people from their new countries who have the same identities as they do, refugees can find better than subsistence survival or self-imposed isolation for safety.